On this episode today, I want to talk about falling off the wagon. I want to talk about what happens when we've determined to um, overcome a bad habit or to change something in ourselves that will keep us from being the best version of ourselves. And after a period of time, we lose our resolve and stop doing what it is that we had determined to do. Um, sometimes in our society, we call that falling off the wagon, whether that's drinking or smoking or um, eating too much or arguing with your spouse. Um, sometimes we fall off the wagon. And today we're going to talk about what it means to fall off the wagon and when you have fallen off the wagon, what it takes to get back on. Age not at all as pathology. Age as potential. It's the same after 50 as before 50 in that area. You just gotta stop the story that says I'm 50 and it's over. Better, stronger, faster. Welcome to this episode of the Graybeard Podcast. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you coming time and time and again. Um, I know you don't have to come. I know it's completely optional. I appreciate you showing up. Uh, I am Bruce Buxton. I'm the Graybeard. And this podcast is dedicated to the proposition that our age is not our handicap, but our age is the foundation of all of our superpowers and all the resources that we have where we can add value to the world and to those around us. If you've ever been in a position where you have uh, been served by this podcast, where you have felt that you have benefited from listening to an episode one or the other, please take time to share it with any friends, family, or colleagues that you might have that you think could be served by it. This podcast is nothing more than my attempt to help those of a certain age to be the best version of themselves they can be and to spread the message that we can all be uh, great in our own right at this older age in our life. Uh, if you haven't taken time to connect with me, I have a new website and therefore I have a, a, also a new email address that you can contact me at. It's bruce at thegraybeardpodcast, all one word, dot com. You can also DM me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. I'm on both platforms often enough to get the message and I'd love to connect with you if you have ideas for the podcast, if you have thoughts of things that I could be doing better. Um, I'm always up for uh, constructive criticism, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on these things. Also, just one more little matter of business. If you've ever had an opportunity to rate and review a podcast, and if you think that this podcast is worthy of a rating and review, go to Apple Podcasts and navigate down to the bottom of the uh, directory section there for this podcast and um, rate it and review it. Uh, those things go a long way toward helping the organic reach of the podcast, and I, I certainly want to have that organic reach grow as uh, I continue to publish new episodes of the podcast. So as we talked about uh, in the intro, this is about falling off the wagon and getting back on. So without any further ado, let's jump right into that story. Now in my garage, I have a little red wagon. Uh, it's rusty and uh, it's been run over a couple of times. So the wheels are kind of bent. Uh, but it's something that my grandkids like to ride in when they come. And last summer, I had a couple of grandkids riding in that and we were pulling them around the yard. And, um, and there were a couple things that happened that, that made me stop and, and take notice. And I want to I want to throw those out to you as uh, as things to think about. Now this this analogy might be a bit of a stretch, 
because this is a little red wagon and I think probably the the analogy or the, the the metaphor of falling off the wagon didn't come from a little red wagon but I think it still worked. A wagon ride is not a smooth ride. You know when I had my my grandson in um, it was clear that he had to kind of keep his mouth shut and keep his tongue in his mouth or he'd bite his tongue off because it was a pretty bumpy ride going across the lawn or out into the woods. You could tell that he kind of struggled as he was going along to sit straight up and to hold on tight. Um, it wasn't a smooth ride and it was pretty jarring to his little body. The other thing I thought is that you know when he got in the wagon he really couldn't stay in the wagon unless he was holding on tight you know curling your fingers your little, little tiny fingers down around the rim of the little red wagon and holding on tight and you really have to hold tight with those arms and those fingers so that you don't topple over and fall out of that wagon and you know the other thing that I remarked about this little ride that I did with my grandson last summer is that I got about halfway into it which was not that unpleasant for me it was not too far but it seemed like for him that it was going on a little long. He kept asking if it was about over or if we could go back to the house. And it, it just seemed like that that little wagon ride went on and on and on. You know, and, and I, like I said earlier, I know that probably the metaphor of falling off the wagon doesn't come from a little red, rag, red wagon. But if we think about these things as ways of understanding why people fall off wagons let's just ask ourselves the question why do we fall off the wagon so when we have something that we want to change when we have a habit or a behavior that we want to change and we make a determination to change that and we move on toward that goal for some period of time um, often very often for me I, I mean I I'm probably not the same as you maybe you, you're a better person than me but for me I fall off that wagon really often. So I ask myself, okay, Bruce, why do you fall off the wagon? And, and I, I kind of came up with three reasons. I, I've got a lot of threes here in this podcast, but there are three reasons why I think I fall off the wagon. And let, me, let me tell you the first one. I think sometimes I fall off the wagon because I'm actually just tired of being on the wagon. And if you kind of take a look at the analogy, kind of being on the wagon means that you're exercising self-discipline and you're staying up there because you want to stay up there and sometimes you don't recognize that self-discipline is a fungible resource right it's exhaustible you 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 have only a limited amount of self-discipline and that there's been many studies i've just I've, I've heard of many studies that have been done that demonstrate that after making decisions over and over starting in the morning through the evening your discipline your self-discipline gets uh, shorter and shorter or less and less as the day goes on so you might be able to make a really good decision based on self-discipline early in the morning but the more decisions you're called on to make throughout the day that destroys or depletes I guess is a better word depletes your self-discipline so that it really depends on what kind of decision making you've done throughout the day as to whether or not you can have enough self-discipline to follow through with what it is that you want to do so a lot of times we fall off the wagon just because we're just tired of being on the wagon. Another reason we fall off the wagon, I believe, is because the reasons that we're up there, the why, what I call the why, like why are you doing this? Why is it you want to change this behavior? Why is it you want to uh, change this, this habit? That why is exposed as something that you don't deeply understand or buy into truly. You might say you do, 
but you expose the why as something that might be somebody else's why or might be a why that society tells you should be your why or might be a why that you think is nice but you really don't buy into the whole thing so you really do have to have a why you really have to know what it is why it is not what why it is that you're doing what you're doing and really buy into that if you're going to be successful and if that's exposed as a counterfeit then you're not going to stay on that wagon now the last one here i think for me is the most problematic it's the trickiest it's the it's a little bit um hard to understand sometimes but let me try it on you and you see what you think you know sometimes you fall off the wagon because you never wanted to be on that wagon in the first place you're just doing it for somebody else or because your overinflated ego tells you you have to do it to be valuable so you you get on that wagon to meet somebody else's needs or to meet the needs of your overinflated ego and when you fall off the wagon that puts you back in control it puts you back in the center of the story instead of somebody else now we'll explain this first i'll explain this i'll go down in at the end of the podcast because we're going to talk about why you know reasons how ways that you can get back up on the wagon but i want you to just think about this think about the possibility that the reasons we do things are for other people or for an inflated ego and that really really takes us out of control of our situation so I want to talk about then, I want to give you three ways that I think that you can get back on the wagon once you've gotten off. So let's assume that these three things are correct. I'm sure that there are psychologists and scientists and behavioral therapists all over the world that will say, no, you know, Bruce, that's not really the case. Those aren't really the reasons people fall off the wagon. But I'll tell you what, for me, those are the three reasons I fall off the wagon. And the reason I'm making this episode today in the first place is because I have those episodes all the time. In fact, since coming back from my um, Graybeard Challenge hike, I've really fallen off the wagon in terms of my eating and my exercising. You know, and I've, I've had to sit down and say, what in the world is going on here? Why is this? Why have you done this? Why have you completely fallen off the wagon in terms of your health and your fitness? And what is it that you're trying to do? How, how, why are you falling off the wagon? And what's it going to take to get back up there? So I really had to kind of sit down and write some notes out and say, this is how I feel about it. And that's what I'm presenting to you today is I'm presenting the reasons why I think I, fall off, I fell off the wagon. And hopefully these reasons correlate with the reasons you fall off the wagon, as well as three reasons, three ways, not reasons, three ways that we can get back up on the wagon. So in terms of that rough ride, so to speak, or the way that it's, it makes us tired to be on the wagon, we're always depleting our self-discipline. We don't have any more self-discipline to add. You know, there is a way around that. You know, if you're just too tired of the grind and the slow progress, then we just run out of self-discipline. The answer is, obviously, in my mind, to stop relying on self-discipline. Now, I don't know if you see the simplicity in that, but if you have something you want to change, the way that you put that together, the way that you, the way that you uh, have determined that you're going to change yourself or create that change, if it's based solely on your ability to muster self-discipline, then the, the obvious answer is to not rely on self-discipline. And 
you might ask, well, if I don't rely on self-discipline, what would I rely on? Well, that answer is pretty easy as well. How about if we, or you, or all of us, instead of relying on self-discipline, created systems for ourselves that we could just go on automatic pilot and we don't have to make the decision over and over again to do the right thing. Let us take the example for, for, for example, let's, let's think about exercising first thing in the morning. So if you have to get out of bed every morning, you have to make the decision to get out of bed first of all uh, at a decent hour so that you're not late for work or whether, whatever other obligations you have, you already have to make one hard decision. If you have to make the decision to uh, go to your drawer and get your clothes out and change in from your uh, pajamas into your nice uh, uh, running clothes or into your workout clothes, you may not make that decision over and over again. But what if you put that decision on autopilot instead? What if you, what if you got all of your clothes out and put laid them out in a nice orderly fashion in the bathroom the night before uh, you were to go and have this, uh, this exercise? What if you took that decision off the table completely and just created a system where um, that decision doesn't need to be made? Then wouldn't you not, you wouldn't, you then, then you wouldn't be, excuse me, then you wouldn't be in a position where you have to rely on your self-discipline to get that job done. Now, there's lots of things about getting up in the morning and, and uh, exercising that you might be able to systematize. And every decision point you take out of the loop, you create a more reliable um, system of getting it done. You create a more reliable way where you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, be at the mercy of your self-discipline and your decision-making to be able to have that happen. So you might lay your clothes out. Uh, you might put your alarm somewhere where you have to walk halfway across the room to turn it off so that you can't just make the decision to hit the snooze. you got to actually get out of bed. You know, there are a lot of ways that you can build systems so that you can overcome the need to rely on your self-discipline. You know, self-discipline doesn't come from the exercise of it. I think that's a real, a real missed understanding of what self-discipline is. I think a lot of people think that the more I exercise discipline, self-discipline, the more of it I have. And the science shows very differently than that. Self-discipline comes from self-worth. It comes from successful experiences. Self-discipline is something that's not, it's not what it is when it goes in. That's not the same thing it is when it goes in as when it comes out. Um, self-discipline might be love going in when self-discipline coming out. It might be satisfaction going in, self-discipline coming out. It's something else going into your psyche and into your, your, your decision-making system than it is when it goes in. So don't kid yourself into thinking, well, the, the harder things I do, the more self-discipline that I exercise, the more self-discipline I have, because that's just not true. And the science doesn't bear that out. All right, the number two way that we could get back up on the wagon is to address this idea of why you're doing it, right? If you continually have to ask yourself, is it really worth it what I'm doing? Always questioning why you're doing what you're doing, then you probably ought to take a step back and say, well, okay, maybe I don't really buy into the why that I think that I have behind this goal of mine. Maybe the why is not mine. Maybe the why is somebody else's, you know. So maybe what you do is sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper and start to examine and do a, a, 
a fearless self-examination of what it is that you think is behind your desire to change whatever habit or do whatever thing you're trying to do. Why are you doing it? And really get down there and see if it is for, for someone or something else or a social norm that you're trying to, to, um, to, to live up to, right? So it, you can oftentimes, if you really get in there and start to write those things down, you'll find out that you really don't buy your why, that you, the why is, is just not something that really drives you and motivates you. And then you can take a step back and say, well, okay, well, what does really motivate me? Why do, would I really truly want this? Not why would the society want this? Not why would my spouse want this? But why would I really want this? And I'm a firm believer that when we write things down, um, it crystallizes in our psyche in a way that uh, it doesn't, that um, just thinking alone, just cerebral activity doesn't quite cut it. When you add writing and you add your hands and, you know, the, the tactile experience of writing down what it is you're thinking, it uh, burns into your mind and actually creates new neural pathways uh, faster um, in terms of habit forming and in terms of doing things that are consistent with your inner values. So I would, to, in order to get back up on that wagon, I would spend some time in self-evaluation and I would really determine if I know what my why is and if I understand and really truly buy into that why. Now the third thing is, let's determine actually that you're changing, if you do, you've determined you're changing for someone else to satisfy someone else's needs or to satisfy your inflated ego, either way, it really doesn't make any difference, right? Um, the answer, obviously, if you're doing something like that, is to reject the needs of both of both of those people. Re reject those needs of your spouse or your loved one or your boss or, what, or whatever, or reject the needs of your inflated ego. Just set those aside and say, you know what? This isn't why I'm doing this. You know why that's so destructive is because what happens, we play this little game so that if we start to try to change something for someone else or some something else, then we feel out of control because now somebody else is determining why we're doing something. So we play this little psychological game with ourselves, and a lot of times we fall off the wagon on purpose as a way of getting back in control of the situation as a way of asserting our independence and our our, our own quote-unquote self-respect and it's a really destructive little game uh, i'm guilty of this actually i'm guilty of doing things for other other reasons for other people and doing things in a way that sometimes is very manipulative like manipulative say falling off the wagon in order to get back in control of myself I think, that again, this is going back to what I said earlier in the podcast. This is a little bit esoteric, and it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around, but, but spend some time thinking about this, because I think more times than we want to admit, there is that element of wanting to be in control of our own life and not wanting others to tell us what to do or how to live our life, and so we will purposefully fail in these ways that we know that they want us to. I mean, say you're... Uh, overweight and you're trying to lose weight and become more muscular right and then you have a big blow up with your partner and then you fall off the wagon why because you want to be in control of that relationship you want to be back in control not of that relationship that's not right you want to be back in control of yourself you want to be back in control 
of what it is that you bring to the relationship. And that's one way that you can do it. You can say, to heck with your desires. Here's who I am. Here's what my needs are. And I'm going to assert them into this situation. You don't control me. So I want you to think about that because that's really destructive. And especially in relationships, it can be a really bad force and really take you down a path that's really not a good place to go. So just to review really quickly, you know, the reasons we fall off the wagon are, you know, exhausted self-discipline, not understanding our why, and trying to get back in control of our lives. And the ways that we can overcome those in terms of uh, depleted self-discipline is to create systems, create systems that will help you to take the decision-making and the self-discipline out of achievement. Um, In terms of knowing our why, sit down and do a self-evaluation and truly, truly understand what it is that motivates you. Make sure you can articulate that both in words and, well, both in the spoken word and in writing. Because when you do that, you create these habits and neural pathways that you can't do <coughs> create in any other way. And sometimes when we don't really have it together and we're changing for other people, the way to overcome that, the way to get back up on the wagon is to just tell yourself and sit down and have a good talking with yourself about why you're doing what you're doing. Reject the needs of other people and make sure that you have a pure, pure motivation, that you're not doing it for someone else. And then make a decision to get back up and start again, knowing that you're doing it for you and that you don't have any control to offer to any relationship because you decide to fall off the wagon. I hope this uh, episode has been helpful for you. It was really great for me to put it together. Um, It was great to to help me to kind of think through these issues because I truly need to get back up on the wagon and start to ride along again. Um, I hope to have that, uh, that... Um, I hope to be able to do that here in the coming days. Um, I've done some of the things that I've I've told you here, and I think I'm ready to get back up on that wagon. And I hope that if you do these exercises or figure out why you fell off in the first place or why you continually fall off, that you can actually do the same thing that I'm doing and climb back up there and this time stay on longer and make more progress toward the best version of yourself. I hope you'll come back again. Um, I hope that you'll come listen to my next podcast episode. Hopefully we'll do another one in a week and have something else uh, great to talk about that will motivate and inspire you and help you to be the best version of yourself. So for now, I'm going to sign off, and you have a great day.